Today I'll share with you three very simple, very important lessons on prayer, lessons that we learn from this gospel story of the wedding at Cana. Now the first thing that needs to be mentioned in this regard is this story is not about prayer per se. In fact, the word prayer is not found anywhere in the text. But Mary in this scene intercedes. She intercedes with Jesus on behalf of a newly married couple. And making intercession is one of the things we do when we pray, specifically when we pray prayers of petition like we do after the homily at Mass. Which brings us to lesson number one that we learned from this story. Mary is an extremely powerful intercessor. So we should ask her every day to pray for us and to pray with us as we bring our needs, our intentions to the Lord. The power of Mary's prayers is evident in the very fact that Jesus takes action here and honors her request. A request obviously made out of love, out of concern for this bride and this groom. As some of you probably know, wedding celebrations in the Middle East in the first century lasted for several days. And wine was considered an indispensable part of the festivities. Consequently, running out of wine would have been a humiliation, a disgrace, really, for this bride and groom to have to deal with, what the Italians of today would call a brutta figura. Not good. And Mary knew that. The interesting thing is here, Jesus does not initially respond to the request with a yes, indicating that he had not originally planned to perform this miracle. But even that witnesses to Mary's intercessory power. As it said in one commentary I read recently, Jesus' reply seems to indicate that although in principle it was not part of God's plan for him to solve the problem the wedding feast had run into, Our Lady's request moves him to do precisely that. So if you have not been asking the Blessed Mother to pray for you and for your intentions in the past, make sure you start. And start today. The easiest way, of course, to tap into Our Lady's intercessory power is by praying the Rosary, or at least a decade or two of the Rosary each and every day. I think we all have time for at least one decade. No excuses. Which brings us to the second lesson we learned from this story. The lesson is, prayers do not have to be complicated in order to be effective. Mary's request here is very simple, is it not? In fact, the request is not even explicit. It's only implied. Mary simply makes the need known to Jesus. Son, they have no wine. Period. That's all she says to our Lord. The implication, of course, being... So please do something to rectify the situation. A simple statement with an implied request, but highly effective. 
The fact that our prayers do not need to be complicated, that truth really came home to me several years ago when I was listening to a talk on tape by a man named Charlie Osborne. Charlie is not a priest, he's not a clergyman, he is a Catholic layman who's a kind of traveling evangelist. He goes around the country proclaiming the gospel in parishes, at missions, at conferences, and the like. In his early years, he will tell you very forthrightly, he was a very mediocre Catholic. But as an adult, he experienced a deep conversion to the Lord, and he really came alive in his faith. And at first, after his conversion, he was very excited about his new relationship, deeper relationship with Jesus. He wanted to go out and do things for the Lord, and one of the things he felt called to do was to go to the local nursing home to pray with the residents there, especially for their healing. This was before the HIPAA laws restricted people's visiting rights. So Charlie would go from room to room in the nursing home, praying with people and praying over people, often with these very long prayers, spontaneous prayers, sometimes in English, sometimes in tongues, the gift that St. Paul speaks about in today's second reading. Well, he did that for a number of weeks. And guess what? He didn't see anything happening. He didn't notice any dramatic changes in anyone he prayed over or prayed with. Now, I'm sure his prayers had many positive effects, but he didn't see those effects with his own eyes, so he began to get discouraged. But he felt that was what God wanted him to do, so he kept doing it. Well, one day he was feeling very discouraged, and he went into a room and he found a young woman there, all curled up in the fetal position. Her limbs were contorted. She was non-communicative, either she was not able to or did not choose to communicate in any way. And Charlie, being discouraged as he was, uttered one of the shortest and least enthusiastic prayers he had ever said in his life. He said, well, Lord, if you can do something, if you can do anything to help this dear sister, please do it. In the name of Jesus, amen. And he walked out. Well, a couple of months later, he was giving a talk at a local parish, and when the talk was over, a rather attractive woman suddenly ran up to him very excitedly. She threw her arms around his neck, gave him a big kiss on the cheek, and said, Charlie, do you remember me? Now, as I recall the story, Charlie's wife was standing right next to him at the time. <laughs> he said, no, ma'am, I do not remember you. And then he turned to his wife and said, Honey, I've never seen this woman before in my life. I promise. Honest. But he had seen her before. He just didn't recognize her. She was that woman. That woman he had prayed over that day in the nursing home. Obviously, she believed that his prayer had been instrumental in bringing about her healing. The healing she needed. But think about it. It was a very simple prayer that Charlie had uttered. Very uncomplicated prayer. Similar in those respects to the prayer that Mary spoke to Jesus during the wedding at Cana. And it was effective, just like Mary's was. That brings us to the final lesson on intercessory prayer that we learn from this story, which is that Almighty God has made some things in this life conditional. This means that if we don't ask the Lord for those things, those conditional favors, 
We're not going to get him. Mary asked her divine son to do something to help these newlyweds avoid a potentially humiliating situation at their wedding. And Jesus took action. Had she not made that request, we have no reason to believe that Jesus would have performed this miracle. Mary's intercession was the key, as was the obedience of the stewards. Had they not followed Jesus' instruction to fill the jars with water and then take the water to the steward, there would have been no wine, even with Mary's intercession. I think there's an insight here as to why the prayers of holy people are so powerful. Holy people ask, they intercede, but they also obey God in their own personal lives. And so because they add their obedience to their intercession, they end up receiving many of those favors that God has designated as conditional. And they receive those favors for themselves and for other people. Mary is a powerful intercessor. Prayers do not need to be complicated to be effective. And God has made some things in this life conditional. Three lessons on intercessory prayer that we learn from the wedding at Cana. Let me now end by inviting you to join me in putting these lessons into practice. We all come to Mass every Sunday, I'm sure, with our needs, our concerns, our burdens, things we want to pray for. Well, we lift them all up now to the Lord, and we seek Our Lady's special intercession for all of these needs as we say together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.